This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty! The only thing we have to fear is fear itself! Sooner or later, though. You always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas, where we uncover the truth, one guest at a time. For those who dare to seek, Veritas is the place where they shall find. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, make yourself at home. I want to thank all our members. As always, you are keeping Veritas alive. Tonight's special guest is renowned researcher and author, Peter Lavenda. Once again, we go back to the Nazis, the occult, and their continued influence in our daily lives. Peter Lavenda will be with us shortly. To listen to the complete version of this and all our past and future shows, become a member. You will receive immediate access to all our inventory of shows. That's all of them. A few bonus interviews, the Veritas private chat room, and the Manticore forum. Just head on over to our website, veritasshow.com, click on subscribe, and take Veritas with you. Oh, and for quite some time, I wanted to let you know that I finally received the footage of the UFO I saw at James Gilliland's ranch. Yes, my first UFO, as you may remember. I want to thank John Kelly 
from yourinnervoice.com for filming and sharing it with me. You can see the footage right on our forum, The Manticore. Let me remind you that the 8GB brushed metal cased USB drive containing all of Season 1 and a lot of bonus material is now in stock. You may want to check what's included. Visit the Veritas store for more information and to place your order. And now, get ready to find out if there is a sinister force behind our government. Are the Nazis still playing a crucial role in today's world events? Join us as we turn conspiracy theory into conspiracy fact. Peter Lavenda is coming up next. If you thought World War II resulted in the eradication of the Nazi virus, stop this audio now. If you are ready to face the reality of the 21st century and the plans that are in place for us, don't go anywhere. This is Mel Fabregas, and you're listening to Veritas. Great music you hear right here on the Veritas show is supplied by the independent artists from Jamendo.com. If you hear a song you like, go over to our homepage, VeritasShow.com, click on the guest, look up the song, and download it. You can even buy the group's CDs, in many cases, right there at Jamendo.com. This is Dr. Joseph Farrell, and you're listening to Veritas. Peter Lavenda is a native of the Bronx, New York, and has been investigating and writing about the connections that exist between politics, religion, and history since the 1970s. His first book, On Holy Alliance, A History of Nazi Involvement with the Occult, was published in 1994 and bears a foreword by Norman Mailer. Since then, he has published Sinister Forces, a grimoire of American political witchcraft, a three-volume magnum opus that searches for the meaning behind some of the most famous historical events in American history, from the Salem witchcraft trials to Jonestown, from Operation Paperclip to the weaponizing of the paranormal, from the serial killer phenomenon to the Manson family and beyond, and exposes some of the strangest aspects of American political assassinations and their relation to a shadowy yet well-documented group known as the Nine. His research has taken him to Chile during the Pinochet regime to investigate Nazi war criminals, to China, India, all over Southeast Asia, and throughout Europe and Latin America. His work has been praised by Paul Krasner, Jim Hogan, Dick Russell, Jim Mars, Wheatley Strieber, Catherine Neville, and many others. He has appeared numerous times in television documentaries on the influence of occult beliefs, on the development of the Nazi Party, on the History Channel, the National Geographic Channel, TNT, Discovery, etc. Peter Lavenda does not deal with speculative history. 
His work is founded on primary source material and historical documents. But before I introduce Peter, let me read one of his quotes. It will give you a picture of all the areas we'll be discussing tonight. Quote, there is a web of connections between visible events and visible measurable phenomena that we cannot see and cannot measure. So our response has been to ignore this web in favor of what we can't see and measure. The blind leading the blind. The drunk looking for his keys under a lamppost because the light is better there. And for the first time on Veritas, I'm proud to welcome Peter Lavenda. Hello, Mr. Lavenda. Thanks for being with us. How are you? Thank you very much, Mel. I'm very happy to be here. It is a great pleasure, and I have looked forward a long time to this opportunity. May I call you Peter? Of course, if I can call you Mel. <laughs> you bet. Of course you can. I have to tell you, Peter, I usually dive into a guesswork prior to, to the interview. And what I found was that you research so many topics and areas It's going to be very difficult for me to keep a focused mind. You see, I try to pick a guest brain and dissect as much as I can in the amount of time we have. You are our type of author because you do impeccable research. And as I always say, everything you write is heavily footnoted. You have a peer-reviewable attitude, and you cross all your T's and dot all your I's. In the past few weeks, we've had on the show Richard Dolan. Joseph Farrell, Jay Whitener, Jim Mars, Richard Hoagland, and having you on today is more or less a completion of all these topics we've been discussing in the past few weeks. But before we start, I think it's important to give the listeners who may not know who you are, let's give them some background of yourself and how you got to research and write about all these fascinating, but to many, hidden topics. Well, it, it's a good question, and it's one question I often ask myself from time to time. Um, I think that basically I began researching this material uh, seriously in the 1960s, uh, but most especially at the time of Watergate in the 1970s. Um, I began to see in Watergate that some of the same names, uh, same organizations, same personalities that had been involved in prior events, such as the, the Kennedy assassinations, suddenly reappeared in one form or another during Watergate. And I began to to ask myself, what is the relationship here? Um, you know, in those days, uh, conspiracy ideas were very much a kind of left-wing phenomenon, you know. So it was always the leftists who were who were doing a conspiracy theory because they thought that the, the right wing was somehow controlling things. And today you have it shifting to the other side. And I began to think to myself that, you know, we're always suspicious of the people in power. And why is that? Why don't we trust them? Of course, Watergate gave us an example as to why we could not trust people in power. Uh, there was a tremendous abuse of political power at that time. But it was more than that. It was deeper than that. And I had been involved uh, in religious studies since I was quite young. And I had been involved in uh, some rather strange church organizations in the Bronx where, where I grew up in the, uh, in the 1960s. And then later on, uh, maybe 20 years later, uh, certain names kept reappearing and reappearing that reminded me of people that I had known, of churches that I had been involved with back in the 60s when I was quite young. I was a teenager. And then suddenly I realized that there was a connection. There was a deeper connection to political events and that I had been skating along the outside of these events for some time without actually realizing it, without knowing how deeply uh, I had been involved in some of the same things I was researching. And that's really what gave rise to sinister forces, for example, because um, 
I remember during Watergate, uh, Alexander Haig, I believe it was, had blamed the 18-and-a-half-minute tape gap at the Oval Office, uh, Nixon's Oval Office tapes. He had blamed that gap on sinister forces, and I thought that was just a great line, you know, sinister forces being responsible for this. And then I began to see that the term sinister forces was used by a lot of different people in different contexts. It was used by uh, Robert Jackson during the Nuremberg Trials to describe the forces that motivated the Nazis. Uh, It was used by uh, Douglas MacArthur when he said that we will fight a war in the future, not between ourselves on this planet, but between people on the Earth and the, to use his term, the sinister forces of some other galaxy. And I thought to myself, what does that mean? You know, what are the sinister forces? Are there hidden forces, secret connections, a, a web of connectivity right below the surface of, of our reality, right below history itself? You know, is history the way we see it being manipulated? Um, are there forces at work that uh, we blame on conspiracies? You know, for instance, uh, conspiracy theory uh, sometimes gets put into a, a corner because people say, well, you don't have enough evidence, you can't prove it, uh, so on and so forth. And yet all the circumstantial evidence is so compelling for the existence of a conspiracy that I had to ask myself, what is really going on? Is, is there a scientific explanation? You know, is there a philosophical or a religious explanation? And it's sort of all of those things. And I think that's what's been motivating me all this time is this unquenchable desire to, you know, see the man behind the curtain, you know, to know exactly what's going on. And I think that's what's led me in this direction. And many people give it names, the powers that be. I call it the powers that want to be. Uh, right. But who are the sinister forces? Have you been able to pinpoint who they are? Well, it's it's less a question of who and I think more a question of what. Hmm. And um, I think that many of the people that we blame uh, for complicity or for, for culpability in some of the political events of the last hundred years or longer, of course, I believe were probably pawns, uh, were manipulated themselves by forces that were somewhat darker than that. Uh, the three volumes of Sinister Forces was, for me, a kind of voyage of, of ripping apart or, or taking away the layers of the onion, you know, layer after layer after layer, trying to get to the core of that onion uh, to, uh, to see exactly what lay beneath this. And every time I thought I had it, uh, there would be another layer to strip away. Um, there's evidently a connection between, uh, shall we say, government forces, government agencies, uh, individuals in government or, or groups within the government, and a kind of religious occult um, force as well. In other words, there's been a, a deliberate attempt, and an attempt by our own country, especially since the, the Korean War, uh, which began in 1950 for us, There was a deliberate attempt to try to understand the workings of the human mind, of of consciousness itself, and to manipulate consciousness. And this began with psychological warfare operations. This began with brainwashing, uh, with the fear, the paranoia about brainwashing, and a deliberate attempt to find out how we could go into a human brain, go into a human mind, and alter its reality erase its memories, give a person new memories, uh, memories that we created, um, 
erase a person's will, give that person a new will, something we've implanted in them to say, go and do this or go and do that. A maturing candidate. Yes, exactly. And the maturing candidate was not far off. Uh, the evidence that's been declassified, uh, CIA files declassified, some military files, FBI files, show us, I think, beyond any doubt, that they were not only insisting on creating a Manchurian candidate, but they were actually had a certain amount of success in doing so. And the implications of that are, are, are vast. It's not just that these people, these, these individuals at CIA or the other intelligence groups, were trying to create a, a single assassin or a single spy to go and, and create this mayhem. But the implication was that if they could manipulate the reality of one person or a dozen people or a hundred people, they could do the same for society itself. And this is what frightened me probably the most, was realizing that many of these psychological warfare experts after World War II and after the Korean War wound up working on Madison Avenue, you know, wound up working in uh, creating the modern science of communication science and advertising and marketing. That these were people who understood you could use um, psychological warfare techniques in peacetime. You could weaponize this, really. You could weaponize consciousness. You could weaponize advertising and marketing. You could create new realities uh, and replace old realities with, with the, the new and improved version that you wanted people to believe. So, as you said at the very beginning, um, there are inter there's interconnectivity between everything that I've been working on whether it's uh, alchemy or Kabbalah on, on one case, or whether it's business or, or politics or history, I see all of these things uh, really representing a few basic concepts, a few basic ideas uh, of the archetypal magician. Uh, a magician in the old school sense, in the Renaissance sense, was a, was a person who wanted to manipulate reality, who wanted to create a new reality. And I think that... Uh, we have now the case of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and I'm not plugging the movie. <laughs> what I mean basically is that we have a situation, like in the Disney film, of an apprentice, of somebody who studied a little bit of, of, this, of this science, of, this, uh, of this, this technology, and has now unleashed it in the world with very, very terrible consequences, not being able to control the fallout. And I think this is what, what worries me. These are the sinister forces. These are things that we've been uh, tampering with that we don't understand. Um, initiation types of technologies, when people were brought into secret societies or where they were uh, made into shamans, for instance, or any of the spiritual uh, disciplines, the the context was always very spiritual. It was always, there were a lot of safeguards built in and you were, you were led along slowly but surely through a process of degrees of initiation. But what uh, CIA did, for instance, with the, uh, the MKUltra projects and Artichoke, Bluebird, and all, the, all the, the ones before Ultra was to do exactly that, was to get involved in this initiatory process, but without any of the safeguards and to, to spring this on unwitting individuals, on people who didn't want to go through this, who didn't know what was happening, using all the techniques of initiation, drugs, uh, sex, uh, uh, hypnosis, all sorts of behavior control and mind control uh, uh, processes that are familiar to anyone who studies secret societies, were suddenly being used by the government on individuals. 
And I think that uh, once we understand that's what was going on, we can sit back and look at history from a different point of view. And a few days ago, I had on uh, Hank Alberelli, one of your fellow oh, yes. authors at Trine Day, and he talked about uh, Project Artichoke, the murder of... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.